You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time you're catching this. Welcome to Morning Breath. This is your drive time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. We're glad to be hanging out with you. My name is Christian. I'm one of the pastors here on staff and honored to be filling in for Pastor Dan and doing the program. We're going to be in Mark 3 today, and I have an amazing co-host, Brandon Doherty. What's up, Brandon? How you doing, man? Hey, doing good, Pastor Christian. I'm uh, really pumped to be here. I've been on Morning Breath a couple times, but uh, it's new every time, and it's so much fun. That's awesome. If you guys have not had a chance to meet Brandon yet, he's one of our key leaders at our VR location, but does stuff all throughout the church and involved in Monster Mash. I know there'll be some more information about that coming out at some point and does a lot. And so we're excited to be hanging out on the radio with you. Brandon, why don't you tell them how to get involved? Yeah, you know, Pastor Chris, I, I think I think it's important to uh, lay out just how important community is. Yeah. And so there's a lot of ways. That's what I love about East Coast. There's so many ways to get plugged in. Um, if you're listening to this and you're not plugged in, I, I just want to encourage you that there's several ways. You can get on the app. Uh, we have an, an East Coast app. You can find us in the App Store. You can look up uh, eccc.us, and, and you can get on our website for information, events, past sermons, and you can even uh, listen to Morning Breath on there. And um, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, so make sure you look us up and check us out that way. And lastly, you could always just call the office, 321-452-1060. Again, that's 321-452-1060. And we can email you and mail you with more information about East Coast. Um, There's a lot going on. In fact, I I know we have Night of Worship coming up, which is one of my most... um, uh, enjoyable experiences here at East Coast. I love to come together as a church. Uh, you know, I, I kind of get my routine where I see a lot of folks at Vieira week in and week, week out, and that's my opportunity to come together and worship with East Coast as a whole. Night of Worship is an incredible experience. That's going to be August 18th. And uh, Pastor Christian, what, what what time do we typically show up? We have food yeah, trucks sure. going on this yeah, week. Yeah, go to the app and to the website to get more information for that. Is It's the best way to always to be able to stay connected for that. And it, like you were saying, it's great. It's one church, many locations. So We've got two locations in Merritt Island, the Parkway and the Avenue get together, Coco, Vieira online. Everybody gets to come together for that, and it's going to be an amazing night. So go to the app and website to be able to find out more information. And for everything we got going on, if we talk about it, it's on there. So if you're like, oh, man, what what was the detail on that? It's always the best way. Yeah, and we have a new uh, – we have some small groups coming up as well. Yeah. I know this small group season, that that's a really great way to make some connections. Absolutely. So. Freedom's going to be launching again, small groups, some exciting new ones. So yeah. stay tuned for that and be listening for it. Cool. So Mark 3, we have got 35 chapter verses in here. So it's going to be good. I'm going to be reading the New Living Translation. What are you going to be reading today? So I'm jumping in the ESV. It's kind of my go-to. Cool. Um, and mainly because that's where all my highlights are. Yeah. And so as I you know, read through the Bible, I, I usually stick to one version, highlight it. And then if I switch it up a year, then I get to you know highlight it fresh. So this year I'm in ESV. That's neat. I like how that works. I, I was going through a paper Bible yesterday doing some study, and it's my New King James. And that's a lot of the verses that I memorized when I got saved. But I love the NLT for just like my easy reader, but then I'll jump around in different spots. So awesome. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get you started. I must say unto you, read, sir. All right. So again, we're in Mark chapter three, if you want to join in with us. I think I'm going to be reading uh, one through 20, and then Pastor Christian, you take it over and and write us all the way out. So uh, this is talking about a man with a weathered hand is what my uh, title says there. So verse one, again, he entered the synagogue and a man was there with a withered hand. 
and they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to go and do harm or to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around with them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart. And he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out immediately, held counsel with the Herodianites against him on how to destroy him. And Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea. And a great crowd followed him from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Udemea and from beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon, pretty much all around. When the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him and they told his disciples, have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him. For he had healed so many so that all who had disease pressed around him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. Verse 13, And he went up to the mountains and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach. And, he, and have authority to cast out demons. And he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, uh, John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Bogernes, that is, son of thunder, Andrew and Philip, Bartholomew and Matthew, and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Verse 20. Verse 20. One time Jesus entered a house and the crowds began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. When his family heard what had happened, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. But the teachers of religious law who had arrived from Jerusalem said, he's possessed by Satan, the prince of demons. That's where he gets the power to cast out demons. Jesus called them over and responded with an illustration. How can Satan cast out Satan, he asked. A kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. Similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is divided and fights against himself, how can he stand? He would never survive. Let me illustrate it this way. Who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger. Someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. I tell you the truth, all sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemies the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. He told them this because they were saying he's possessed by an evil spirit. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, Your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, Look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and mother and sisters. Amen. Amen. 
Awesome. So Mark 3, if you guys aren't familiar with the way that kind of the Gospels break down is Mark, I would say, is like the Twitter version of the Gospels is you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke being a doctor, a physician, is so detailed. Some of his chapters are the longest in the whole Bible, whereas Mark is like hard hitting. He gets in there and he tells so much story. He can cover something in a chapter that another Gospel writer could take a couple of chapters to get into. But here, there's some incredible things that are happening. I love this verse that stood out to me. Verse seven says, Jesus went out to the lake with his disciples and a large crowd followed him. They came from Galilee and Judea. So this idea is that he wanted to get away a little bit but the crowds were pressing in to the point of almost crushing him is that it talked about when I was reading the message translation, it said that he had to go into a ocean faring boat so the crowd wouldn't crush upon him. So the, the pressure was there, but Jesus took the time always to kind of get away, to be with his father, to get refreshed, to be able to get restored. So that way he could pour out what God had been putting into him. And we saw so many times throughout the gospels where Jesus went away and prayed on the mountain. Jesus got away and prayed by himself. Jesus went, but at the same time, he came back together because just like you said at the top of the program, Brandon, he needed to have community. You could see that all throughout. Like, in the story of the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus is feeling like some of the most alone in his whole life, he's like, guys, I need you to be with me. You can't abandon me right now. Stand with me. So there's times where you get away to get restored, but times that you need to have people around you because they're going to help you. Yeah, I love that, Pastor Christian. In fact, in verse 14, to play off that same thread, it said, he appointed the 12 whom he named apostles so that they might be with him. Yeah and he might send them out to preach. So, you know, Jesus wasn't just, you know, giving them a job title. He was he was allowing them to be with him, which yeah. I think is great. And that further illustrates the point of community, which is so needed. And um, I love that Jesus surrounded him, and, you know, with, with with great people who he, he loved and he poured into, and it was really just kind of building up that, um, that community. That's really good. Yeah, also the idea of Jesus going around healing all who are sick and oppressed by the devil. That's really an important part is you had read that in the ESV and looking at the the New King James, where I did a lot of my Bible study early on, is it talked about he, he went around healing all. And so there can be a little bit of debate there. And if you're listening on the radio and it goes against kind of what you've been raised, if you study out healing in the Bible and you look at the way that Jesus operated is he didn't withhold healing from anybody because of he didn't feel like they were worthy is in fact, the only time people didn't receive healing or the miracles didn't happen is because because of their unbelief, is that they had a hard time when he went to his own hometown, when they were like, there's too much familiarity. Isn't this just the the son of the carpenter? Isn't this Jesus who we knew before as maybe like a teenager and now he's doing these great miracles? But it wasn't that God was withholding the miracles, is that it was their own unbelief that kept them from receiving that. And so that's a a big thing that always sticks out to me. You know, uh, when they talk about the, um, uh, you talk about the hardness of heart and and blocking miracles, that's kind of what it started with, right? Like he went in 
to provide healing to somebody who desperately needed it. And it was, it just so happened to be on the, on the Sabbath. I think it's interesting how, um, how hardness of heart will stop you from seeing perspective. Right. And so, um, if there's a listener out there that just, you know, maybe, maybe there's things that are going on in your life and and you just feel disgruntled about something. I I would tell you sometimes it's, it's important to kind of take a step back and, and, and look at things circumspectfully because Jesus was always about the person. He was always, you know, more than rules and rituals and everything. He was about connecting with people and loving people. And so you see the Pharisees were blocked because of their hardness of heart, yeah, and they couldn't crazy. see the perspective. They couldn't yeah. see the forest through what the really trees, matters. right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Th- th- does it matter that it's a Sunday, or you're following rules, or does it matter that this man had a withered hand yeah. and he needed healing? And so, you know, there's times where, you know, I get frustrated and, and the rules aren't followed or this or that. I always have to just kind of take a step back, take a deep breath, and think about, like, is there another perspective yeah. that I'm not seeing here, you know? And, and and, and it helps me to kind of analyze things. And I think we see that, Pastor Christian, in church circles sometimes, yeah. that there's folks that, you know, things have to be structured. They have to be a certain way. They ha- You know, and, and if they're not that certain way, then they get, um, you know, they, they, they get a little hard at times, yeah. right? And, and church is meant to be an experience where we come together and we worship the King of Kings, yeah. right? And so, you know, if, if the worship isn't really just right for you or the lighting isn't just right yeah. for you or any of that, I think sometimes take a step back and think about, Man, there's healing going on in this yeah. place. We are worshiping the King of Kings yeah, and God. Lords of Lord, the 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 living God, you know, and just and sometimes that's all it takes to kind of snap you out of it and 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 take a step back and, and be able to see what what truly is is happening. And it's and it's awesome. And it's something that we're we're privileged to be able to do, not something that we are, you know, have to do, right? Yeah, I love that idea. So what you're saying, verse four, then he turned to his critics and asked them, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath or is it a day for doing evil? It's a day to save life or destroy it, but they wouldn't answer him. And this idea of if Jesus was operating in our churches in 2020, 2021, mm-hmm. would he like ruffle a lot of people's feathers? Would he get turned out of a couple of churches? Because maybe the the people he's hanging out with or the way that he operated, or you know, we have services that can be very programmed or we're thinking this is the next thing that happens, but Holy Spirit wants to come in and just blow that up sometimes. It's yeah. like he wants to turn that on its head and say, no, I'm going to move right here, right now. And God, God loves to operate that way that it says it confounds, you know, the, the wisdom of the world. It doesn't make sense sometimes, but God wants to come in and do it a new way. That's the idea of even our youth ministry here for East coast. The new thing comes out of Isaiah 43 of saying, look and see, I'm going to do a new thing. Can't you perceive it? Don't you see it? It's not going to be like those former things. I'm going to do it fresh and new. And we saw that with COVID. We saw like so many churches churches that were anti-online church, you know, 15 years ago, it was like, you can't do church online. That's not right. You have to be in the building and the preacher has to be preaching live in that room. And now the whole world embraced it and everybody's pretty much embraced online. Mm -hmm. But it was like heresy before. And what is the next thing that God's going to do? Even this idea of using the Bible app on your phone, you know, how incredible is that is I do love a paper Bible, but I've got the sword of the spirit. I've got, I've got the Bible with me everywhere I go and it's right there. So be open when God wants to do a new thing and don't immediately kind of just put up your resistors to be like, 
Oh, is that the devil? <laughs> like we, yeah, and and we do have a, you know, we do have a measuring stick, right? That, that's what the the Bible, the 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 canon, as they call it, is actually, you know, the original word for that means the measuring stick, right? And that's what you're to measure everything off of. Yeah. And so, um, I love that Jesus challenged a lot of their man-made rules and um and and challenged them for for the overall good. And and you know, uh, Jesus, when in in another chapter, when he kind of you know addressed the Pharisees and they said, you know, what's the most important law? And yeah. he said to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and, and, and being. And number two is uh, to uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, the whole law and, and, and the whole canon, the whole Bible hinges on these two concepts. And so I think that, you know, as, as, as people, we want to inject the way it looks and the way it feels. And if it doesn't look or feel how we think, then automatically it's not true. And, and so we do have something to measure it off of, and that's the Bible. Right, so we can measure everything off of the Bible, and if we love God with all of our heart and we love people, then everything else will fall in line. And that's what's so beautiful about this: this man who desperately needed healing, he was going to get healed. Yeah, because you know what, his healing was so much more important than these set strict set of rules that you have to follow. And and I and I love that. And, you know, you see Jesus; he didn't have issues with with the um, with the folks that were sinners. He knows every one of us is sinners. There's not one of us that deserves the grace that he so freely gives us. There's not one of us, right? The people he had the issue with were the uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious rulers that would try to impose a bunch of man-made rules and and a burden on the people, and it was taking them away from those two, um, you know, the foundational commandments that everything hinges on: loving God and loving people. Those are the. In fact, that's what that's what our uh, our, our church. You know, we have those principles: love God, uh, love people, and love 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 the uh, church. Those are our foundational principles principles here at East Coast. And I think that, you know, we kind of keep that at the center of everything that we do here at church. Yeah, keeping people first. Like Jesus was pretty, he didn't mince words with it. He called those Pharisees and group whitewashed tombs. So they looked great on the outside, but inside they were full of dead bones. Is that I think it's better to be real and authentic. We've been talking about that a lot this last month is mental health and good relational authenticity. So let some people know the real things that are going on. Don't try to just act like you have it all together. And be real and vulnerable is when you do, that's where real healing comes in. Verse 14 is something that I think is important for people to realize. It says, then he appointed 12 of them and called them as his apostles. So even the son of God, the person who would have the most capacity, the most ability, really saw that I need to pour into these 12 the most. Yeah, there was 144 later and there was more, but he knew his bandwidth. And this is a good example that we saw with Moses and Jethro. It's not good trying to do everything. So when you look at good leadership, You'll surround yourself with a core amount of people because they've they've done studies to say that you're limited in how many people you can actually really pour into. Is as hard as you try, Brandon or Nick or myself or Pastor Matt or anybody, is you can only reach so many people on a daily or on a weekly or on a monthly annual basis. Is you can't try to be everything to everybody. Yep. But we can reach everyone when we follow the system that Jesus set an example of is let's get our twelve people and let's pour into them and let's have them pour into other people. And that's the benefits of being in a small group, being in a freedom group, being somewhere where you're going to be able to care for each other greater than this idea of maybe just one super pastor who's trying to care for everyone. People are going to fall through the cracks. It's not going to happen. And Brandon, you're going to be able to reach people in ways that I can't. Like even just geographically, I'm going to be able to pastor my neighborhood 
better than I can try to pastor your neighbors because you're in proximity. When they've got something going on, you can walk down the sidewalk and go help them. You can reach them. You're seeing them at the grocery stores. You're being able to interact with them. So be encouraged to know that you have a call on your life out there on the radio. You have people that you can reach that that I'm not going to be able to, that Pastor Matt and Pastor Jessica are not going to be able to, is that you are the ones to be able to disciple. You're the ones to be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus to be able to reach them. Yeah, and you're called to do that, too. We're all called with that same calling to be the salt and the light of the world. And so it's not, you know, it's not the pastor's responsibility only. It's our responsibility to do that as well. Um, You know, to to move on to another point here that I thought was interesting, Pastor Christian, is is in verse 24, um, you know, it says, if a kingdom is divided against against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. And, um, you know, I I love C.S. Lewis books, and there's a a really good um, book. I don't remember if it was Mere Christianity. I'm trying to remember the one with the uh, with wormwood and and uh, you know that that book, um, oh man. Anyway, in, in that book, what it does is written from the standpoint of Satan, and yeah. it kind of shows his concepts and how he thinks, and 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 it was really illustrating to me on uh, you know what the enemy tries to do, and so you know, and, and I know this was talking about how can Satan cast out Satan, you know, kingdom divided against itself can't stand. Well, I do know that that one of Satan's tactics here is to is to divide, and yep. so um, you know going back to that leadership principle of of loving uh, you know loving God and loving people. Um, you know what? What the Pharisees and Sadducees were trying to do was cause division, even within Jesus and his own disciples. You yeah. know, he was trying to cause division, and so um, you know I think it's so important that we. Um, you know, are not divided, that we see that the enemy is trying to divide us. And and again, we kind of take that tactical pause, take a step back and think about, man, is what I'm doing right now, is this causing division within the body? Yeah. And, uh, and and I think if we, if we do that, keep it simple, love on people, that we will just be a very, very healthy church, big C, not, not, not just our little church. I think church. that's so cool. Yeah. I heard Pastor Matt recently say that Good execution is 5% vision and 95% alignment. Is mm-hmm. there really, it's when there's visions there is that we all get on the same page. And that can be in your church, in your family, in your work environment, whatever it is, is that you see the vision and you run with it. That's what it talks about in Habakkuk is that make it plain so that way the person who sees it can run and go execute that thing. And so it's so important that when there is a vision that there not be division, where yep. there's more than one and you're trying to go in opposing direction and that really turns into like rebellion is a lot of times is that you're like, well, I see that and that's okay, but really I want to do this. And this is what I really want to do or they don't really understand what's going on. And that can be where th- you can even have good intentions. I've done it before. I think yeah. we've all been guilty of being like, well, I see it differently or I have this perspective and we can find ourselves being rebellious and actually hurting the, you know, the overall mission of God because we're not all running in the same direction. The alignment gets broken and we're not operating the way that God wants us to. Pastor Christian, I have one last thought that yeah. I think the, the listeners want to hear, and there's a really scary verse in here that uh, whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, yeah. the, the guilt of eternal sin. What would you say to somebody listening right now that feels like they may have blasphemed against the yeah, Holy Spirit? It's a tough one to be able to unpack in this little bit of moments here, but I think this idea is that Jesus is there to forgive all sins. He forgive the sinner on the cross. He who is next to him, he wants to do it. Is that idea is just when your heart is hardened mm-hmm. and you're no longer listening to God at all. But That's if he's yep. if he's pulling on you and you feel conviction, 
if that thing makes you scared, yep. then you're not blaspheming beyond the point because yep. you're like, no, I'm still sensitive. Yep. It's just when you've cut everything off. And so that, I think that's important. And I think it's really important to key in on that. If you're listening, you feel like, well, I've blasphemed. Uh, I'll tell you, if you, if that question comes in your mind, you haven't. Okay. Nobody is, is beyond the grasp of, of the forgiveness of Jesus. Absolutely. So. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with you. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too big or too small. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Find them online at ineedafence.com. The New Thing Youth Church is a generation of students destined to change the world through God's power and love. If you're between 7th and 12th grade, join us every week for fun, relationships, and the Word of God. The New Thing Youth Church meets at the Parkway Worship Center every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday night at Vieira High School at 6 p.m. Check out our TNT Youth Church app for more details. For over 30 years, Cabron Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabron Air will take care of it. Their phone number is 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or find them online at cabron.com. Customer satisfaction is their top priority. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. At East Coast Christian Academy, our mission is to create a space where children will thrive, and we believe they grow best in a safe, clean, Christ-centered environment. We're passionate about showing the love of Jesus to children in our community and helping them become everything God has called them to be. At East Coast Christian Academy, we are all about family. We work hard to foster a culture and environment of positive attitudes and teamwork. And we provide flexible schedule options for team members who have their own busy family lives. Do you have experience in early childhood educational environments in the heart for the next generation? If so, we have room on the team for you. Find out more about joining our academy team online at eccc.us slash academy or call us at 321 453 
kids. That's 321-453-5437. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. Here's a final thought for you from verse 33. Jesus replied, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, look, these are my mothers and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother, sister, and mother. You might be out there and have had some pretty difficult family situations. I think everybody here has had something, but just know that God wants to be able to redeem that. He wants to be able to give you even a new family in a sense that, you know, you didn't get to choose the family. Maybe you had a a parent who was physically abusive or sexually abusive, or they might not even be here anymore, but God can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around for good. And he could bring in new people. I've known people in my life that have had spiritual fathers and I've had spiritual grandfathers who both my grandparents passed away before I ever got to have a relationship with them. And I've had people that have poured into me and made such a difference. And I know that God can do that for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I would I would say this, that our, our church family, in a lot of ways, are closer than our, our blood relatives. Yeah. And so, you know, there are those who you don't get to choose that are your family, and then there are those who you get to choose that are your family. And yep. so, you know, this goes back to the original point of being connected and plugged in. Man, you have an opportunity to literally lock arms with your brothers and sisters in Christ, and they have every bit of the ability to be just as close with you, closer than even your blood relatives. Yeah. So I, I just, encouragement, final encouragement, get plugged in. Yeah, let's do life together. All right, it was great doing the program with you. We'll you talk too. to you next time. God bless. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath Podcast.